comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking the Oscar wrap-ups and predestination full spoilers. I've got my tux on. How about you? Born with it. Wait a minute. I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Congratulations, Aaron! <laughs> Out Now is a film podcast. It's Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. However, this is our, our wrap-up, our wrap basically. We just watch, we all just watch the Oscars, not together, because it's just not that quite of a perfect universe yet for us to do that. <laughs> but <laughs> we uh, someday we'll have the Out Now Oscar party. Everyone will be invited to some, you know, some actor's house that we break into and throw a party in. But until that time... Ryan Phillippe. Ryan Phillippe, yeah. Ryan Phillippe's <laughs> house. Just realistically enough to happen. Um, but yeah, no, the Oscars have just literally just ended. Um, I'm here now with, of course, Abe. And from Fast Film Reviews, we have Mark Hoban. Hi, everyone. And we're uh, we're going to go over what we thought of the Oscars. We have all the winners and everything. We, of course, made our predictions on the previous episode. And so we're going to go and do through that now. And yeah, we'll see what, <laughs> we'll see what everybody came up with and then we're going to get into a review of predestination a we're going to go full spoilers on it by the way too so if we get to that part we'll i'd advise you to see that movie if you want because i'm almost pretty certain that we'd have to go full spoilers we're going i said from the beginning we're gonna go full spoilers on this movie it's kind of hard to to be like and then this happened it's a it's a time travel movie starring ethan hawk sorry starring academy award nominee two-time academy award nominee ethan hawk and um (laughs) but um yeah, for the actually, I think three time, right? For or four time, right? For, for the screenplays for Before Sunrise and oh, Sunset, or for Sunset and Midnight, as well as acting twice. I think it's four time nominee. I'm gonna look this up right now because why not? We are we busy? Are, are we busy doing the podcast? I don't think so. We could I could look this up while we're while we're gonna talk about the Oscar results for tonight and then get. I'm racing you right now. Ford Oscar, yeah, I got it. Four nominees. Ah. <laughs> yeah, this goes two screenplay ones. That's... All right, moving on. Um... So yeah, we're going to dive into it. We've made our predictions on uh, the previous episode, and we're going to go over the, what, what happened right now. But before we do that, uh, Mark Hoban, what did you think of the Oscars, the ceremony in general? Um, I thought it was okay. I I thought it was, you know, kind of sluggish in, in parts, and occasionally I thought it was a little awkward. Sometimes I wasn't really exactly sure uh, if, like, people were in on the joke or that sort of thing. But, I mean, it was okay. I, I, I do think I kind of... Miss Ellen, I it was kind of my takeaway from it, but uh, I mean, I think he did okay. I feel like Neil Patrick Harris is like he's he's likable enough where if it was someone else, everyone would have really hated it. But like he like people like him too much to really like dig into why this was seems like a problematic ceremony where like all the jokes didn't land and there were some weird bits. But for, but you still wanted to like the yeah, show. Yeah, he's probably he's probably got that social capital built up that where people kind of just disregarded some of the stuff that he said, like after something serious might have happened or whatever. I mean, you know, for the most part, I think it was okay. Just like what Mark Hoban said, he just hosted the gig. He didn't write the he didn't write the comedy, and he just went ahead and read off the cue cards. It's not really anything too extraordinary. 
Um, yeah, but there was like that box thing, which yeah, didn't go that anywhere. Was, like, that was, that, that's what I'm saying. It's just like all this stuff really just didn't. It, it's not as though it was in, it, impressive or like I'd really want to see him host again. It was just more of like hey, he just hosted a gig, and I'm not huge on on. Uh, award shows in general but i don't know uh, you bring a good point which is just ellen is a stand-up comedian if you brought up somebody who could kind of go on the fly kind of maybe that'd be better but for the most part he just did what he had to do i think his interaction with octavia spencer was awkward and in that prediction box thing and then also um the uh interaction with oprah was also awkward so those are things i don't know if if it was almost like they weren't aware that they were going to be a part of a bit and if they weren't then that's not good they should tell them ahead of time and if they were then it didn't they didn't act like they were aware of it so there were a lot of awkward bits the the, the classic the classic way to throw away was of course to draw in robert duvall but that that didn't work out this year that didn't work out no yeah (laughs) the one time that comedy cut up robert duvall didn't pay off it's like that one time when they cut to uh, Robert or uh, James, Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones during the Golden Globes. It's like stale face. Just, no, he wasn't having it. But yeah, I, I think that there were some awkward moments too. I think that there was just bad joke writing overall. It's just really terrible things that were said after some serious things. And one of the examples that stick out in my head is um, uh, live action or best documentary short for. Uh, the call, I forget, press one for veterans and, um, you know, and then crisis hotline. hotline. <laughs> she had mentioned like, Hey, you know, this is actually for my son. We lost him to suicide. And then afterward, Neil Patrick Harris is like, takes a lot of balls to wear that dress. And I was like, this is not the most appropriate thing to say right after she just admitted on air that she's had family issues. So anyway, and it was a long ceremony, Mark, you brought that out too. It did feel like it dragged on. I agree. And it did. I mean, it was over. <laughs> by a, a bit there but yeah uh, there was a, there was a long portion in the center of the oh, thing man. where i felt like okay let's let's kind of you know tighten this up because i mean it's always like that at the oscars but uh, this it one felt, felt, it felt noticeably long this year yeah. <laughs> let's uh go let me just read through all these uh these winners here and i'm just gonna go from the bottom of my ballot uh best short film live action the phone call Best Short Film Animated, Feast, Best Sound Mixing, Whiplash, Best Sound Editing, um, American Sniper, Best Visual Effects, Interstellar, Best Song, Glory, Best Original Score, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, Despedah, uh, <laughs> Best Costume Design, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Best Production Design, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Best Editing, Whiplash, Best Cinematography, Birdman, Best Documentary Short Subject, Crisis Hotline, Best Documentary Feature, Citizen Four, Best Foreign Language Film, Ida, Best Animated Feature, Big Hero 6, Best Adapted Screenplay, The Imitation Game, Best Original Screenplay, The Birdman, Best Supporting Actress, Patricia Arquette, Best Supporting Actor, J.K. Simmons, Best Actress, Julianne Moore, Best Actor, Eddie Redmayne, Best Director, Alejandro Iñárritu, and Best Picture, Birdman. So, we uh got through all that. We did it. Abe, yeah. How many did you end up predicting correctly? More than one, fewer than ten. Uh, around fewer six. Than 10? You did that bad. I did pretty poorly. <laughs> A lot of things that I thought were going to drop did not drop, and also I, I tend to really go against the grain here. I think this is the lowest total I've ever had. I'd say you were brave, but that's not the word I would use to describe your picks for the most part. So there you go. Yeah. Um. There you go. Mark Uneducated. Hoban. Mark Hoban, how many did you correctly predict? Well, so I, I predicted 17 out of 24 total, 
but I want to point out that I did get picture and director correct. Okay. <laughs> the two, you, sir. essentially, the two most important on the, of the night, arguably. I'm coming picture. to you next year. I feel like everybody, all of, all of Poland, might have been really happy about Ido winning. I mean, that's a, it's an entire country. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the rest, the rest of them. I mean, pick uh, actor. Well, actor, I think, was kind of up in the air a little bit. Um, but supporting actor, actress, supporting actress, those were all pretty much set in stone. I think the the biggest one that I got wrong that I think would be the surprise would probably be an, animated feature. I mean, I I picked How to Train Your Dragon two, which was kind of the favorite, and it ended up being Big Hero six. That's I mean, if something had to overtake it, that would be the the one that would probably do it. But still, I I actually didn't I didn't think that I would be wrong about that one. Yeah, I um I got nineteen out of twenty four. Um, I did I nailed those shorts, which is what made me happy, and the, <laughs> and the sounds, the two sound awards. Um, but yeah, the the How to Train Your Dragon that set me off in terms of ruining my perfect streak <laughs> that I had going. And I was like, wow, okay, well there they eleven in a row at one time, right? And then things kept happening. I did love the like I I think I mentioned before that the Whiplash winning for editing that's like my dream win. And so even though I didn't pick that for winning, I was very happy to see it win. Right. Uh, uh, so that, you know, that happened. And yeah, I, I went with the split for picture and director. So that's so yeah, I ended up getting Birdman. But yeah, Link, wasn't Linklater's day, apparently. It was not, yeah, really. It well, was I, not. Or I was, Wes Anderson's, apparently, either. I was, well, at least well, Graham Goodhouse won, won more than Boyhood. Uh, won, ben, it won the most. No, no, it won a lot more. Actually, the two big winners of the night, Birdman and Grand, Bud- Grand Budapest Hotel, they both won four awards, which, you know, Birdman won Best Picture. So obviously that's kind of like the, the, the biggest. Tip, yeah. Right, but uh, both winning four awards, which is uh, more actually four for Birdman is more than I th- thought was going to happen. And I mean three for Whiplash, not, nothing to sneeze at, right there. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's really that's, that's really good. A little film that could right there, Whiplash. And um, what else happened? I mean, yeah, for, uh, Grand Budapest. I certainly well, love, like you hear all the speeches for it, and I certainly love hearing everyone calling out Wes Anderson. Yes, yeah, me too. I mean, it's and certainly... he, he's sitting there like like a little kid on Christmas Day with his hands clenched and his eyes wide open, and he was just so like happy, you know, for his crew. For sure, and uh, I mean, it's you know, it's a movie that's done in his vision, of course, and you can you can see that reflect in the film, of course. But yeah, can't I... kind of get. Those those technical awards and the display win those eight nominations total and and finally winning one so that's you know good take for him. that Roger Deakins <laughs> because if there's one person we should kick when he's down it's cinematographer <laughs> it's, Roger it's, Deakins it's amazing cinematographer Roger Deakins what else happened what else do we like um, let's I, I enjoyed I mean when Ida won her best foreign film that was the first of a couple times when the winner was able to talk off the uh, the, the music. The music. Been able yeah. to continue the right. speech. It happened twice. Yeah. It, it happened like three <laughs> times. It, uh, the, um, I think both the um, the the shorts, like the, uh, the um, no, the uh, uh, the documentary feature and the the documentary short subject, like they and uh, yeah, I mean there there are a lot of long speech. I mean this is why the show was long. There, I think there were also some. Uh, there were long speeches, but uh, long speeches and people had to keep saying Birdman. Or unexpected virtue of ignorance that really prolongs. <laughs> <laughs> My MVPs for the night in terms of speeches were uh, John Legend and Common, um, and also uh, I think they had a really good performance uh, on their song. That was a straight, yeah. That was a very strong musical performance in a year that had really strong songs. Like those were they all did. really good songs, yeah. and I and I was happy to actually see them be performed. Remember that year when you know 
we haven't gotten performances of the songs, well, this is a good way to make up for that. <laughs> and and the, yeah, everything is awesome. Song was really great. That yeah. was a good. That was a good production number. Oh, for sure. That was such a fun way to like celebrate that song, and just the Lego Movie. And I mean, if the Lego Movie is going to get any presence on the Academy Awards, they did a good job of doing it. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, the the bring out surprise cameo of, of Will Arnett dressed as Batman, as singing Batman. the Batman song with Questlove from the Roots, with, like yeah, as Joker. Yeah. <laughs> It was great. Like Lonely Island being on stage at the Academy Awards with Tegan and Sarah singing. I mean, that, that's that's a pretty impressive performance. But yeah, the, the Glory performance, all of them were really good. I really liked all the performances. They were all really good. And, but that, and, Glory, uh, that Glory performance was really strong. And it, it would it almost would have felt awkward if it didn't win after seeing Chris, that performance last. Chris Chris Pine shedding a single tear was, was very touching. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, put I put touching in quotes, but... Well, good, because speaking of touching, we did have John Travolta just just abusing was... Idina Menzel's face on stage. <laughs> that, was inspired, yeah. that was inspired to have those two present together. So that was one place where I thought, okay, good. They actually thought about, like, the two people that were going to present together. So I like that. It was good because I was thinking, like, I was waiting for, like, a cut to John Travolta reaction shot, and he wasn't Me there. too. And I was right. Like, oh, it's because he's on stage. Right, right. And, yeah, the, I, I agree the idea was good. It was the kind of, oh, we're still doing this thing as he, like, grabs her face and keeps doing the joke it's like all right yeah you got it yeah well they brought that back up in the uh in the uh lockbox bit uh you know that was awkward lockbox for acceptance yeah. speeches i thought that um the gentleman graham moore who oh. won for imitation game i thought his speech was nice it was concise it made sense and it was a moving kind of uh it came from the heart so i i thought i liked his it was a good speech. It was like I was already, I was I was hoping like Whiplash would just kind of shut down the imitation game from everything, but that that didn't right, happen. Right. But then the speech was good to make up for this. As far as right uh, wins, I would have preferred that Whiplash win that award, but I thought he gave a nice a nice little speech there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, then all the actors went pretty much the way that we expected them to, with basically Eddie Redmayne. If we still thought Keaton was going to win, it seems like we were just kicking ourselves, hoping it would happen at that point. Right. <laughs> he certainly yeah. took the award, and he gave a good speech. Eddie Redmayne, he got he got, he got a good speech on there. It was yeah, fun. I mean, I, I I was I I loved his performance. So, and uh, what anything else that we want to address of these Oscars? Did you guys understand uh, Terrence Howard's speech? I mean, I know he was introducing three movies, but they all ran together, and I couldn't. He started to cry, and I thought he was talking about Selma, but then it seemed like he was talking about Imitation Game, and I was like, wow, is Terrence Howard really, like, touched by Imitation Game? I couldn't figure out what he was saying or doing. I I think it was a mix of him both being maybe slightly inebriated and the prompter maybe either going too fast or just messing (laughs) up, and so he, in return, acted the hell out of those performances to announce those movies, which was hilarious to me. He's like, wow, he's... He's, he's drumming up some tears. With, I'm like, I, I only I watch Empire on Wednesdays, but I'm getting it on Sunday night also. <laughs> so here we are. I mean, that's See, now he sh- he should have presented with Taraj P Henson, right? <laughs> but anyway, Six Mafia in the background, wearing like shirts that say "Just One Fox" on the back, right? <laughs> um, and, and I want them I want them to argue like they do on that show, <laughs> <laughs> right there on the stage. Um, uh, big surprise that Boyhood didn't didn't win all that much aside from supporting actress so i think that's uh one that i i was kind of maybe thinking would win best director uh but birdman was just on a roll and so was whiplash so oh by the way did either of you see the pre-awards like uh red carpet 
uh, interviews as people Negative. were arriving? I watched most of it. Why? Okay. So did you see Melanie Griffith and Dakota Johnson? Yes. They they actually had almost an argument. She she was saying, um, "Will you ever?" They asked the interviewer asked Melanie Griffith, "Will you ever watch?" Uh, your daughter's movie and she says no I don't think so and then her daughter says well no I she'll watch it at some time it's not that bad and then Melanie Griffith as well is like well I don't know if I could really handle it it's like oh come on mom and like they actually had an argument <laughs> it's kind of funny <laughs> Don Johnson would have been cool about it or what about Antonio Banderas I don't know yeah I don't know <laughs> I don't know which one you know raised I, her more in this scenario but uh I I didn't watch the red carpet stuff though let's see what else anything else Hmm. I agree that boy, I, I wish Boyhood won more because it you know was my number one. It was my number one year, but I have a little yeah. to like complain about. Oh, here, oh also, yeah, uh, Michael Keaton, dude, that guy is a he's a trooper, and I'm I'm glad when uh, uh, Inaritu asked him to come up, he just said, "Hey, it's, it's great being here." So you know, <laughs> kudos to you, sir. He knows how to put on a good face, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, you know, all in the these midst of happening, right? Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> anything else we can talk about with the I mean it there wasn't anything like super controversial that happened unless you want to go over like Joan Rivers not being mentioned on the in memoriam section. But uh Oh I hadn't even noticed that. That was the yeah, that was the one thing. I was like, Oh that's huh, all right. But there There's go. always somebody that they, they yeah. don't mention and it, it always like is and then they have some they always have some reason they come out with like, well, we couldn't because I don't know what. It's They're, usually like, weird because they sneak they manage to sneak in a bunch that like you know, pass away like a week before the ceremony. Yet, like, there's some like major omissions that happens. Like, right, but that happened a while ago. Yeah. When I was watching that, and I, I almost for, or I did forget that James Reborn had passed away this year. James Reborn, yeah, yeah, last year. And I was like, what? Oh no, it did. It was true. And some people were complaining about Philip Seymour Hoffman, but they got him in last year before, like, which was like again a couple weeks before the Oscars happened. Right. But uh, yeah, yeah. Sure, there'll be more headlines that we missed in the newspapers. Yeah, <laughs> like all the snubs and all the the all the major you know awkward moments with Neil Patrick Harris. Snubs and flubs. Yeah. Next week's out now podcast. We revisit the Oscars. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all right. Um. Well, let's move on then. Let's move away from the Oscars. Um. Let's do some out now quickies real quick. Yeah. Each weekend out now, we have one main movie of the week that we talk about. Yeah. I got it. I got it in there. I'm pretty sure that you said all of it. Abe, have yeah. you seen any other movies this week? I haven't. So I'm watching Legend of Korra season three now. Nice. Mark, have you seen any other movies this week? Um, I, well, I saw Kingsman, The Secret Service uh, last week. And... Uh, and I thought it was it was pretty good. I liked the beginning of it. I, I really enjoyed the first like eighty or ninety minutes, and then I I kind of feel like it sort of deteriorated at the end. But uh, I, I I enjoyed the majority of it. All right, I um I saw Hot Tub Time Machine Part oh, Two. No, the tubbing. <laughs> um, it it is not good. It is a it is not a good movie. And I, I salute America for recognizing this fact because it, it did very poorly at the box office and has a C minus cinema score. So there you go. <laughs> hmm, interesting. Well, not, I, I mean, I, the one wasn't that big of a hit either. So I don't know why they made another one. I just, I it just, just seemed like a silly reason to, to go back to a film that wasn't. It's sort of like the same thing that happened with Kick Ass. And I'm not 
commenting on the quality of the film. It's just that the first one wasn't that big of a hit. So why is are they going back to the well again? Is, didn't well, they, the first, I, I mean, the first Kick-Ass was fairly inexpensive and worldwide it did its due, but also the home home video sales. That's what helps you right there. That's the same story with Hopped on Time Machine. It, it, uh, it's a very good home. But was it a huge was it a huge hit on home video? Yes, that's what I'm I saying. Think, I think it really got a it's cult following. Yeah, I, I'm saying yes uh, to that question. Like, network, yes. <laughs> well, obviously, I mean, not big though, because it's it's the there wasn't any audience for the sequel then. Not really. No question. Five five was, years later, people didn't really want to see a well, second. Well, kind of like you know, like movie. Austin yeah. Powers was sort of in that boat. It that's, wasn't that's exactly in that boat. It made it, a lot more money on video than it did in, in theaters and then right, the right. sequel took off but there was i felt like with awesome powers there really was like a lot of like clamoring for a sequel where I, I didn't feel that for this film is there anybody in the film that is kind of giving their all and actually did a, a very good job that you'd like to point out there aaron or is everyone just like time machine too yeah no wow <laughs> bummer that is, is a bummer do you, do you know why john cusack didn't come back no one knows uh he was apparently never contacted according to his twitter uh, right. Without doing the sequel, so I don't know if it was a matter of they didn't think they could afford him. This movie is noticeably cheaper than the first Top Dog Time Machine, by the way, or they just <laughs> didn't want to write him into the script, or I don't know. I don't know what. They certainly reference him. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> they bring him up, but it's I don't know. I have no idea. Mm. Um, there is a point in Hot Tub Time Machine too, um, where if anyone's seen the first episode of the first season of Black Mirror, there's a very similar scenario that's presented. That makes me think, wow, why did this need to happen? And I have nothing else to say about this movie that will make it anything <laughs> worth recommending. Um, I mean, Interesting. But, it, I mean, no, I'm not recommending it whatsoever. It's got, like, a couple laps, but it's just really not good. So, yeah. That's what I saw. <laughs> so, good non-recommendation. Yeah. Mark, did you see McFarland USA? Oh yeah, I I did see that. I wasn't even thinking. I haven't written a review or anything, um, but I, I just saw that like a couple hours ago or be, or before the Academy Awards. It it was uh, actually really good. I mean, it's a, definitely a predictable film, um, one that you are going to be able to you know guess. But I think with these kinds of films, it's all about the performances and how honest. Uh, they present the material and this film actually feels very honest and, and sincere. So I, I actually uh, came out of it enjoying it quite a bit. Mm. All right. Good to hear. It's definitely, it, it's hard to, to convince somebody because you look at the film and it just seems so, uh, you know, predictable and, and it is, but I don't know. I, I, I felt like, it's not. It's not. It's not as. It's a Disney film. It's not as super glossy as I feel sometimes their films are. Like there's sort of this veneer of fakeness. I think sometimes. And this film's the soundtrack is is really authentic kind of guitar music and and there's sort of a grit to the the quality of the film that makes it seem like they really filmed on location. Not this. These aren't. I don't think this was filmed on a soundstage. I, I don't know the 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 background of the production but it, it feels like they really went to the city and 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 i think it almost seems like they used like local people in some of the stuff because um and a lot of the people cast are not these sort of really attractive hollywood types out of central casting um they seem a little bit more like like genuine people so i think all of that kind of contributes to the 
the sincerity of the production. Mm. You heard it here first. 2016 Production Design Award winner, McFarlane, USA. Better than Million Dollar Arm? <laughs> probably. <laughs> I like how it's like, probably. It is, right, it's the same uh, same studio and yep. same kind of idea of sports. But this is this is more in the in the line of like you know I would say like remember the Titans but but less glossy than that like that's that seems a, a good bit... movie though yeah well I, I would say this I actually like this more than that that film. really wow yeah yeah but I, I I've should go check it out like, you're putting my this... nemesis up against Denzel Washington now so this is hard to take Mark I'm sorry <laughs> yeah and Kevin Costner is good <laughs> in it. He's he. I mean, but I mean, do you do you like Kevin Costner in like his biggest films? Because like, if you don't like, if you don't like him in Dances with Wolves, or you you don't like him in you know, uh, what are the films that he's like? I, I don't. Oh, I don't. That's 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 where the answer is going to go right here. I don't like him in his biggest films very much. Right. So then, yeah, you it, it probably this won't change that, but uh, but he gives a good performance. Hmm. All right. Okay. So let's move on. Let's um. This is such a slapdash episode. I don't even have a trailer to go to or anything. Let's just go straight to the movie. Let's go, pre- let's go to Predestination. What if I could put him in front of you? The man that ruined your life. Would you kill him? By the time you listen to this, seven years will have passed. Here you are at the beginning of your new life. It can be overwhelming, knowing the future. So what, you're a cop? I'm a temporal agent. We prevent crime before it takes place. What is it? It's a time machine. Don't ever exceed the jump limit. It can be problematic. If you ever want to stop the fizzle bomber, you'll never get another chance. Time, it catches up with us all. This. What are you saying? What's that got to do with me? You're the only one given to the world through a paradox. You must lay the seeds for the future. I know where I come from, but where do all you zombies come from? What if I could put him in front of you? Would you kill him? Okay, that should have been some of the trailer for Predestination. This is a time travel science fiction thriller from the Spirit Brothers. It's based off a, a short story by Robert A. Heinlein, author of uh, Starship Troopers, among other sci-fi fiction. Uh, the short story was titled All You Zombies. This film, retitled Predestination, stars Ethan Hawke, Sarah Snook, and Noah Taylor. It concerns... I know we're going to jump straight into spoilers. So I'm just trying to figure out a concise way to describe this film. But it essentially... Uh, it follows a, the life of a time-traveling agent on his final assignment. Uh, he's trying to pursue a criminal that has eluded him, and he enlists the help of another person who has their own tragic backstory. That's pretty good, I think. Um, <laughs> let's just go. And that's over why some... we can't go into. That's why we can't do a, a general overview of the movie. I'm gonna. I'm gonna repeat again so that we are gonna details. go full spoilers into this pretty quickly. But I want to at least get some kind of general thoughts on this from you know you guys first before we dive into there. And so people that are listening to this that maybe want to see this movie, which they can currently get on blue on a Blu-ray, DVD, or any streaming service they can find it on. It's currently available um, for for buy for purchase or rent. Um, so 
With all that said, Mark Hoban, what did you think of Predestination? Um, well, I thought that Predestination had a really great setup. And it starts out in essentially the main thrust of the narrative starts out in a bar where Ethan Hawke is talking to this man and their conversation leads to the background story of this this guy. And all of that I loved. And I think that was a really, it, it takes its time and it has a really good setup. Uh, that story then leads to them joining forces and and doing a bunch of other stuff, which I also still enjoyed. But then the final third of the film, there's sort of a resolution where a bunch of things happen, and we'll get into that in spoilers. And it's so crazy and wackadoodle that it kind of spoiled a lot of the good buzz that I was getting from this film. Um, it it almost as if the writers came up with the resolution first and then said, oh, wouldn't it be funny if this, and then went backwards and kind of fashioned a story in order to make that happen. Um, so overall, I, I will say I like the film and I, and I would give it a positive review, but it didn't deliver on the promise of the, the setup. I think that the, they, they botched the ending um, and the resolution was not as good as it, as it could have been. Gabe? On the whole, I think that uh, I, it's a pretty interesting setup too. And I think that they there was uh, some convolution, at least in my in my viewing of it, toward the end of the film. Um, but I thought that it was really weird just to have the the initial setup um, of them talking in a bar, and I was like, "Wow, this is going on a really long time." And then when it hits as to why they're doing it, I was like, "This is amazing! Like, there's so many, like this is a really cool plot." And then uh, and then you kind of get to the end there, and it's like, um, "I think I followed it." And I, I don't know what, where and when that might have happened or, or you know, how this became this or that. But uh, I think I followed it. But on the whole, it's a pretty interesting concept overall. I would recommend it. I think it's one of those films where it kind of makes you think. But uh, I think there were some issues that, that maybe um, almost immediately right when I saw it, I was like, I wish I had somebody here to talk to me uh, or talk through it with somebody as well. So maybe some things will become more clear as we discuss this movie. That's why I want to get into spoilers on this, but before we do that, I just would say I love this movie. I was really a big fan of it. I like the, as you guys have said, I really like the, the kind of the setup for the film just because it was so kind of different. It gives you kind of a character that you follow until you get to a different character and you get this very long backstory and you get this kind of this powerful character study going on that turns itself on its head once that story ends in the kind of, I guess it'd be like an extended third act where everything that happens there kind of kicks into high gear and all these kind of twists and turns happening based off the use of time travel and perception of who which character is which changing on you. And I found that to be fascinating. And I, I've seen this movie twice now, and it just, like, it leaves, it leaves the kind of questions where I'm not, like, I'm not questioning things because I don't understand them necessarily. It's more of questioning because I like, I like dissecting time travel logic and time travel movies, and that makes me like something more when I don't feel like I'm, I don't feel like it's treating me like an idiot at war, or it's treating me like I'm, like it's too smart for me. Like it, it just it feels like it's purposely complex and a fun way to try and try to analyze, and because of that, 
Uh, I found I found the movie to be very interesting and entertaining to watch, and I do think the performance is really solid. I think Ethan Hawke and Sarah Snook do really great work. Sarah Snook is is amazing. Sarah Snook does yeah, yeah it was she does some really yeah. good work. Given I agree, I I think she was really a, a good presence in the film. And when we get into spoilers, I I can go into a little bit more about what I what I liked about her performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's do that. Let's uh, let's dive into spoilers. I will say, you know, we are going to dive into spoilers for this movie, which will basically destroy the entire plotting of this film. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't want to be spoiled, don't this will be listen. The time to pause. And or come back if you want to listen to this and then watch the movie and send us your thoughts, more than happy to do that. Yeah, but uh, so we we can dive into predestination and what's going on in this movie for, to be less vague about things. Yeah. Um, who wants to start? Like, I'll, Ab- I'll start. Yeah. yeah. Go. So one of the things that I found really interesting was when Sarah Snook comes down to the the bar. She has this conversation. Ethan Hawke is there, and then uh, I she's very androgynous looking, and um, and then she says at at the time she says like uh, 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 I'm a woman or something, uh, and then Ethan Hawke looks up from cleaning the dishes like what, and so uh, I thought I'm glad that they established that right away, which is like hey you know this person does like sort of male female but they give them a, a character uh for you to go with and um i thought that was a, a good part but it was really weird just to have them talk in a bar for like half the movie Something thing this job has taught me is that truth is stranger than fiction i've heard some incredible and nothing astonishes me anymore you don't know what incredible means yeah, well try me i'll forget it man i'm not telling you Oh, you're scared it's not good enough. Oh, you think that'll work? Are we 12? (laughs) Come on. Bet you the rest of that bottle I got the best story you ever heard. Uh, And I know that's a really interesting setup, but I was like, where's all this stuff that I saw in the trailer and all this other stuff? And when, again, when they do time travel, it hits the fan, it's actually pretty cool. Uh, about what's uh, going on, and then the plot thickens, sort of. Um, I also want to say that the way that they do time travel, kind of a neat concept. Uh, not so much like the violin case, but just things around you exploding. Uh, and I was like, that's we'll, pretty we'll, neat. We'll get back to the time travel. Yeah. I think it's very cool, including the violin case. I think that's awesome. Way to kind of disguise a time travel device. But um, the, one of the, I, I can't call it an issue, but something about the film is the fact that it, I didn't watch a trailer, but I know Sarah Snook is one of the other stars of this film. And so having her announce that when she was a little girl, it didn't surprise me because I know there's an actress cast in this role. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what makes the film neat to be where I'm aware that there are going to be twists that happen. And I could figure out a number of those things ahead of time, just based off casting and even some makeup effects alone. But there are like, like probably like eight or nine twists in this movie so i couldn't figure out everything that was going on nor right. I, nor was i trying to which made it kind of a trip to watch because it's like it's the film i feel like has to know that viewers are going to figure out certain aspects of things ahead of time but they can't know everything that's going to happen where i figured the fizzle bomber would probably be ethan hawk in the future like something like that something like that was probably going to happen Mm-hmm. I couldn't figure out well, see, how I, the all things we were going to I originally, I originally thought that the Vizzle Bomber was this, you know, young man slash woman that Ethan Hawke was talking to it in the bar. It could have went either way. I could agree with the yes. I can go with that. Right. I thought uh, the Vizzle Bomber we, was going to be can, Sarah Snook's character too. Can we just – I have to highlight that Sarah Snook looks like Leonardo DiCaprio as the young man. Yeah, and yes. Jane DeHaan. <laughs> yes. They all fit that. Yeah, I, they all fit the, 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 the DiCaprio DeHaan. <laughs> 
And one thing that you talked about, too, is just, you know, the, there's this pretty interesting setup of, hey, this bomber's been going around here. Ethan Hawke's been trying to solve this case for years, tra- jumping back and forth through time. They're, I think their central, what, what's their central date? 1971? Is the, 20, is, 75 is, is, where, is the when bar, the big, where the bar is. Oh, that's where the bar is, 75? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting just that he's going back and forth through it. What, um, what, what year were they in when Ethan Hawke goes into the future and has his face reconstructed? That's 92. What, what, 1992. Yeah, it's like is much That is 92? Okay. Yes. I wasn't sure. Um, but I thought it was just really weird when you find out what happens and then I, I'm kind of jumping toward the end of the movie, but – I would think that they'd be more careful just in terms of, hey, don't run into yourself, you know, keep communication to a minimum. And then all of a sudden, like, Ethan Hawke meets old Ethan Hawke, and I was like, wouldn't something blow up right here, right now? Like, wouldn't the time-space continuum just, like, implode? Well, that, but, that's assuming that, one, time travel exists, and two, it makes sense. <laughs> or it, it it applies to a logic that would exist in other time travel movies, but every time travel movie has a different is, sense is of different, logic. different, right? <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, that that's one of the ones that tricked me up. And then the other thing that tripped me up was, so I knew that one of them had to be the one that, that takes the baby. Um, it was either going to be Sarah Snick's character or Ethan Hawke's character. Uh, the crazy thing about all this is that they're all the same They're character. all the same person. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's what I, was, that's what, I was, what I got caught it's, up on was like, it's like adaptation with Nicolas Cage's character writing the movie the three except it's not a terrible movie like, so yeah. it's actually intriguing and interesting of how it makes the play out so this is this is where the movie lost me because i liked most of it all the way through i mean i liked it i liked the, all the stuff in the bar and i liked even when they the two of them ethan hawk and the and jane uh joined forces and he's going to help her uh put her face to face with the man that left her so then we we find out that the man that Jane left her, there's the first bomb, is that it is uh, herself. We find we find out that she, you know she's had a, a a sex change that she's was a woman and then she becomes a man. Mm-hmm. The man that she becomes is the man that Jane falls in love with because of this time travel thing. So that's the first bomb. Then we find out that Ethan Hawke is indeed the fizzle bomber. Then we find out that Ethan Hawke is Jane and John. So basically, right. he is his own mother and father. I mean, they he basically, he had sex with himself, had a baby. That baby is him. And that baby grew up to be the Fizzle Bomber. I mean, the whole thing is just so ridiculous. That, that's the part that kind of got me too. I was like, what? No, how it's, does this all this, it's all this. It's yeah, all and the same I, character. It's crazy. Yeah, how, how does and this the, work? The part that really just bugged me is like when you see the scars in Ethan Hawke and you realize, oh, he is indeed Jane because Jane was a woman and now was made into a man and that's yeah. why he has I mean, those scars. I'd and, also like to add to the plot point in case people are like, what the fuck is he, are you guys talking about? So Jane has been born with both male and female organs. She had a baby. They had to take out one of them because there was massive hemorrhaging or whatever else. So they left the male organs. That's how Jane becomes John. And then that's how when they travel back through time, they meet Jane with both male female organs. And John is presumably impregnates her. You have cleared so. this up for nobody except people that have seen the movie. <laughs> so right, much. I, I would assume that 
only people who have seen the movie are listening right that's, now. That's not going to be the case. So people gonna, <laughs> some people are listening to this right now that have not seen the movie, and they're like, what's happening? <laughs> There's something but, about a transgender so, person. Yeah. So. I, I don't really understand. To be honest, I don't really understand how it would all work. But all I can explain it to myself is that, you know, he's gone back and forth so many times in time that he, you know, his it would be just like when you go back in time and you meet yourself. But in this case, she met herself as a man. And then those two, I mean, why would she, would she as a woman not realize looking at this man that this is actually indeed her? She can't see into the man's face that she, he has the same facial features as her. I mean, there would be well, something. I mean, clearly not for what, I mean, that's like questioning how come, and, uh, and it's how, a little... how come, how come uh, Crispin Glover can't see like Marty McFly and realize that's his son in the field. Like, I mean, that's the same. Yeah. It's, that's, right, right. But Marty McFly that. didn't have, didn't have sex with his father. This, this is the story. It takes where... it one step further. Yes. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not twisted in that way, but it, right. I mean, Thank, thankfully the movie has the good graces not to actually show them doing it. Cause that would probably be a little bit too much, but it's, it's, if you think about it, it's like, it gives me a head. It's like it, it's just it, you know. Well, I mean, the part, I the part yeah, the part that that still wigs me out, or in just in terms of like, what, how does this work? Is so he takes the baby, but he puts the baby at the orphanage by traveling back through time. It's like, what is going on here? Wait, so the baby is, is the girl. The baby is the little girl. Right, is is Jane? It's the youngest version of of the one character in this movie, <laughs> right? So, but then doesn't that just mean that they're destined to do this over and over and right. over and over and right. over again? I don't. Yes. Yeah, I don't. Think, it has a kind right. of 12 monkeys ending to it. I mean, that's what, yeah. that's what it's going for. Mixed with, I mean, it's the the time travel logic in this film is basically Terminator if they continued time traveling again and again and again in that movie. Where Terminator, I mean, the only reason Terminators and Cyberdyne exist is because they found the arm of the first Terminator. But how did yeah. that get there to begin with? That makes your eyes cross because you can't explain this logic. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's, it's well, an and, and they loop. sort of reference that kind of logic with, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg kind of they question. Which is kind of a cool, which they, is kind of a cool thing to, they to reference have it on the, the jukebox by playing on my own grandpa. I mean, they, it's very aware of what it's doing. Yeah. And I love that. <laughs> and I also like the, the primer instance stuff where he's tape recording himself, talking to a future version of, or past version of himself, so they know what's going to happen. Um, one of the things that I found interesting was that they they bring up the the whole entire thing that Minority Reports bring, brings up, which is, hey, you, you always have a choice. You always have a choice of what you're going to do. Nothing is quote unquote predetermined or written. Um, but they don't really go into that as much because uh, I guess well, the they, movies, they, the they were just predestination, so everything right. is predetermined. In this yeah, instance. they were they're basically done at that point because that was like the part the part where uh, he's going to shoot. Laundry machine, Ethan Ethan Hawke. That I mean, it, and it's not laundry machine, Ethan. It's it's Matthew Conaghy, Ethan Hawke. At that point. <laughs> yes, um, time is a flat circle. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's the film present. It presents a loop. It's not going alternate timelines. Or no, it's, it's not, not. It's not diving into it. So yeah, it is essentially this endless loop that keeps happening. Which again, it's like it's it's tragic in that way. But it also it to me that reflects the kind of the the mini story we get of Jane as she grows up and you know her in her period setting and the film kind of gives you this kind of gender challenge which I found to be fascinating and really you know worthwhile and the, good, the performance by Sarah Snook really sold that to you yeah. then it takes that time travel turn and like flips everything in a loop in terms of how you're supposed to accept this Jane John person because there's more going on than just having a gender identity crisis. There's, you know, a sci-fi element at play as well. With And, you know, the, the idea of having both sex organs comes from sleeping with yourself. I mean, it's a, like, it, it's not like, it wasn't, 
by way of God or something. It was the fact that this person actually slept with themselves and had a child. And it's just, it's ridiculous. It is. But I just, I, I found it so intriguing to watch the story play out. But yeah, it doesn't have a kind of definitive ending beyond like, well, I guess everyone's kind of screwed. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was, an, there was an interesting idea too, where Ethan Hawke uh, comes f- sort of face to face with himself as the fizzle bomber. And he's, he wants to shoot him, and then the guy says, uh, "Yeah, shooting me continues." I, like I couldn't figure out what, what should he shoot him or should he not shoot him. Like I, I still right. don't really understand yeah. because he and says, I, "Yeah, shooting me is going to like he has to shoot him in order to." But then he's like, "Don't shoot me." I don't know. I, I couldn't figure it out. What yeah, was better? To do. Yeah, and that's the part where I was saying earlier of um, you know, hey, you you also have this choice kind of thing. But he ends up taking the choice that'll just make their pads like go circular all over again. Um, because so he if, will he will become that fizzle bomber. So so he does shoot him. So would have been should he have not shot him? If the, no. would that have stopped everything? Yes. <laughs> it it would have. Yeah. It would have. It, it would have uh, made him become uh, not the fizzle bomber. Which the other question so I have is when does Sarah Snooks start looking like Ethan Hawke? I, when does that happen? When did he start looking like Ethan Hawke? Yeah. It's the beginning of the movie when the right, right. when the he, bomb goes he off and he has, surgically... to get, he has to get facial surgery. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Remember, that was because in the very beginning, that burned, scarred victim was Sarah Snook. Yes, and gotcha. Then, and then she gets reconstructed as Ethan Hawke. So I, I got all that. I'm just so Ethan Hawke should not have shot himself as the fizzle bomber. And then what would have happened then? The, well, it, the, it 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 creates a lack of reasoning for for Ethan Hawke version or whoever to go after the fizzle bomber, thus altering time in various ways on both parts. Like, all of these bombs don't happen, so things don't happen to begin with, but then this person's not going back and forth through time to try and stop this thing from happening. Like, again, it, <laughs> we don't know what will happen necessarily, but ide- it would it would stop the process of things of happening, but it's a matter of when, because... But then the fizzle bomber, bomber would be successful, and he would kill w- right, whatever. Right, yeah, that that's, 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 the, that's the thing that was that weird, makes, right? Yeah, so there you go, if he, yeah, if he kills... Kill. Yeah, if he doesn't kill... Laundry Machine, Ethan Hawke, Matthew McConaughey, then the bomb will have gone off in New York City in 1975 and causing 10,000-plus deaths. But then if he kills him, then he becomes a fizzle bomber? So I'm not sure what's going on there. And then there's the logic of the fizzle bomber existing itself, where there's an impl- is an implication that because he is the fizzle bomber and he's making he's doing... He's doing these bombings on purpose because it stops other worse things from happening. It's, it's like there's like this morality thing here too. It's yeah, like, which is going into the future though, because he's bringing up things that happened in like 1980 something and whatever else. Well, which in, very, is... in various times, because he has he once he once retiring from being the agent that he is, he still has his violin case, but it's right. not it's not decommissioned. So he can and go that was, that part he, was cool. He can go anywhere in time. That which is why he exists to begin with. He can go all over the place undetected. So... Yeah, so I want to chat with you about uh, the the actual time machine uh, violin case. Yeah, uh, pretty cool. Kind of. I really, I really enjoyed it. I, uh, for one thing, I like the violin case idea. I like the idea of hiding in plain sight, so having this kind of device that's been fitted to look like a violin case. But then, yeah, just the idea of how time travel like it gets it gets things out of the way by saying it tries to locate a place where you won't be stuck in a wall or something like that, and it'll and people won't be around. 
it does it's basically a big shortcut to get to you'll be fine when you time travel don't worry about it but um i do I like the, the the production values of this film everything it yeah. was good and yeah, it, it, and it has a nice score and you know for a essentially i mean i guess it was an australian film and i don't know i guess it did play in some theaters in the u.s but essentially i think it was mostly an on-demand release correct yes um it it plays better than that kind of a film i sometimes you think these on these on-demand only releases are going to be almost like the equivalent of straight to video in the past and oh, yeah. it's a, it is a solid production i mean the yeah. effects are, a lot of the effects are pretty seamless like if there's on the blu-ray which i had to review for white blue.com there is a, a a 75 minute making of that goes over just almost all i mean it's almost the entire length of the film right there and it, there's a lot of like especially when it has the kind of the jane and older jane john version interacting with each other there's a lot of there's stuff you wouldn't really know offhand if you didn't mm -hmm. guess in terms of where the effects are to make their certain things possible such as when jane and john kiss each other there's just yeah. one person's not there <laughs> seeing they just match oh, it up later yeah and just the way the time travel functions in terms of how the so let's get like let's get back to that again the time travel like how it happens like when you you basically disappear and reappear and the kind of the force of that just makes the room kind of blow in a different direction. Which I loved. I love yeah. seeing that, and I love the like. There's a there's one where like Ethan Hawke, he, he, Ethan Hawke does it a number of times in this film, and he's very used to it. But there's like a time where he's on a stairwell where it happens, and he's just kind of like you hear the sound that it happened, and he's kind of like he's kind of like running into the wall because it's kind of exhausting him. And it just mm -hmm. I like the the acting there it was really good. <laughs> it was just found really cool to me. Yeah, just him kind of reacting to like I just went through time, and I'm kind of like out of breath and stuttering up these stairs like you just you, you can feel that he's had this physical effect on him which you know as someone that hasn't actually ta traveled through time as small as a moment as it may be it's effective it adds to the atmosphere of the film and you know what what you're you know seeing what you're gleaning from how people time travel and the effect it has on yeah you. certainly and i think that uh, I, or i really liked the the sound that it makes uh, and also just like the subtleness of it there's a part where where roberts i forget who he's played or basically no, you've noah seen taylor. Him. Yeah, noah, noah taylor. taylor yeah so noah taylor shows up uh, in the hospital, and all you see is just the curtain flow from the back uh, where Ethan Hawke is standing, mm -hmm. and you know that there's been a, a, a leap, and uh, No Taylor pops out and has this conversation with him. Um, but I thought it was really well done. I thought it was like, a pretty cool thing of just hey, these mini sonic booms that happen uh, that disrupt time and space, and they try and get as little you know of it as possible to not disrupt the rest of the fabric of the universe. But uh, no, I, I really liked it, and you know, there's some pretty cool scenes where it happens. The car scene where it happens is pretty neat, you know, where his hat just flies off, the windows just break. Um, so I, production yeah, like design the, pretty um, good. The kind of the length of the traveling that happens, like if it's a lot, if it's a lot of years, it has a bigger impact when you arrive. That kind of thing, I found that all to be pretty neat. Right, yeah, where uh, Sarah Snook is like they, or he mentions like this person has traveled for 20 years. Um, you know, it's kind of a longer time than than they're used to. So I think she's out for like a week. Um, uh, according to the tape that that that, that plays, um, the other thing I want to bring up is Sarah Snook. Again, we we've all mentioned that she's really good. One of the scenes I really really enjoyed is when she she's talking to Ethan Hawke and she has to explain to him how she had to deepen her voice. And there's a scene where she's sitting on the bed and she says, "Hi, my name is Jane," and she says it in a in a deeper voice, continues to go deeper. She just starts crying because she has to become this all new person, and um, that's how good she is, which is just you know emoting on things that that change her but then they they you know they, they make you feel as though you're uh feeling her pains too so yeah i, I want to see this person in more things like she's very good in this movie <laughs> and sometimes people surprise you 
I haven't been entirely truthful with you, Jane. About what, sir? In order to protect our nation's citizens, it's important you keep certain government operations confidential. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, sir. I work for an organization whose primary purpose is not space travel. It's reshaping wrongdoings. It's a job for the best and the brightest, for the elite. The elite? Yeah. Another scene that she's really good in is when Ethan Hawke finally sort of forces them to meet each other. And so she's, you know, talking to herself essentially. And she's able to convincingly portray these two personalities, uh, you know, the, the man and the woman talking to each other. And it does sort of seem like two different people. She isn't, she isn't really convincing as a man exactly, but she does seem different. She seems like, like, uh, has sort of a different way of acting and her personality. So I, I liked that. I liked her, I liked her performance and, and the, the, that scene kind of highlights the fact when they're talking to each other. Anything else on predestined? I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's it's still a weird movie. Um, I know, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I love this movie, but I don't I don't deny that it is a weird one, especially when you yeah, really I, I think I would have liked. Gritty. I think I would have liked it better if they didn't like if they made it so that you know Jane and John are the same person that that's fine, but then Ethan Hawke is a separate person. That not that they're all the same people, right? The, yeah, the fact that it's all one person just seemed kind of silly. And I don't know why it just could have, you know, I mean, it has nothing to do with whether time travel movies add up because I don't really expect them to add up. But I feel like the, like I said initially, the almost they came up with the resolution, like, wouldn't it be? And I know this is based on a short story, so I, we can blame uh, Robert Heinlein for it. But the the same thing is uh, filmmakers can do changes to the story. And I think I would have made it that uh, Sarah John were one person and Ethan Hawke was another person and then just leave it at that. Which is almost what I thought that it was going to be because, uh, um, yeah, I know that it's based on that short story too, but I I thought that it was going to be something like uh, uh, Jane, she is the fizzle, or he, you know, the bar Jane is the the fizzle bomber. And then uh, they've been kind of mis or abusing time travel just to, to get away with all these things and even I kind of finally figures it out but at that point it's like too late you, kind of plot twist kind of thing you so. know, when you're when you're going to drop a bombshell like that the the it needs to make sense and like for example in a movie uh and I won't spoil I don't it think it doesn't make sense though I think it's just a matter of how you're taking it Right. But like in a movie, I won't say the what happens, but in the movie The Sixth Sense, when you find out what happens at the end, at first you're going, what? That doesn't make any sense. And then you realize, wait, it does. It actually all adds up. And so then you really you you love the ending because it's like that really made sense. This doesn't make any sense. Like it it doesn't even though you can just explain it away by saying, oh, well, time travel. It, it It's too much for me to accept. And so I guess that's why I, think, I sort I mean, of there, like, I think these are two different. I, I applaud you for trying not to spoil the end of the sixth sense because no one knows that. But right. I, I, I mean, the, I'm just, the, you know, the sixth sense ending that come that it doesn't matter in real. I mean, it's about it's about Cole's character. It's about Haley Joel Osment and that arc and the the. As, as I know a friend of the show, Scott Middleson, will add, it's just icing on the cake. There happens to also be a twist in that movie, but that doesn't take away from the dr- the real drama going on in that movie. 
this movie's right, but, all about but, this. It's all about the, these characters. And I I don't think it's just saying, well, time travel is why this is possible. That is why it's possible, but I don't think it's how, just I don't think it's throwing it away. It does my fa- there's a way my to lay favorite, out this whole thing and you can explain it that way. My favorite part of the film is that like scene in the bar. And and I did sort of feel the same way, like, wow, they're spending an awful lot of time in this bar. They're not doing any time travel. But I didn't really care i was sort of like but i'm in i'm into it so i'm fine with it so like that's what i liked and i did like also once they decide he says well let me show you how to meet the man that you left you and then he starts to show that stuff that was all still good it's just that when it got to the end so i that actually for me the movie wasn't necessarily about this twist it was about this relationship between this i mean this what happened to this woman honestly if they really wanted to explore that was horrible and in fact they're probably they sort of exploited it a little bit, but there probably are examples of this sort of thing actually happening to people in real life. Maybe you know, back in the fifties or the forties, sure, where, yeah. where people didn't really know how to how to determine, you know, when a baby is born, what are we going, how are we going to raise this baby? So that I kind of like that. I mean, the movie could have been really like serious, and it it sort of got a little bit. It got so silly at the end that it sort of felt like ah. I think you they started with a really great setup, and then it kind of ended a little bit cheesy so See, for me what what i'm huge on is just that the movie is dealing with the they again they mentioned the chicken and the egg thing you know does this always just happen like are you destined to repeat things that you have done like there's you know the philosophy of you know uh essentially you're doing the same things that that you've done for thousands of years because you're just continuing to live in you know past lives of yourself have just kept doing this so aaron and Abe has right. been on for like millennia right uh, which is great but <laughs> why does this happen or you know which do you, if you subscribe to it then can you change it kind of thing and so the whole entire notion of uh just this cycle this secular cycle is is pretty cool I, that's what i really took away from the movie um uh, the the whole entire way of how it's executed and all the details of you know jane and john and using a typewriter and then becoming another writer in 1975 i was like i i don't understand it i think that's kind of a flaw of the movie but I, it, it does present pretty cool questions of like of time travel in general in terms of um, what like, what would you use it for? Does it really cause any sort of, uh, I don't know, like historical significance if you do do it? Because apparently it doesn't. So well, There's that, and then there's the mix of what we've been mentioning, the character drama involving Jane mm-hmm. right. growing up in the 50s and you know the things going on with her as a woman and as a woman that has gender issues that arise. And I, I'm... I'm not saying that you you can easily understand this movie by watching it once, which I think is part of why it benefits from rewatches because it's just a cool movie to watch regardless. But you also pick up more on you know repeated viewings, which is a plus in this case. But I do think you can lay down this movie in like a chronological order or whatever you want to do, and it makes a level of sense. Whether or not you accept that or think or regard that as you know silly or whatever you want to regard it as, that's a different story. But I don't think it's I don't think it's cheating. I don't think it's cheating in any way. It's complex, sure, but it's not taking any shortcuts. Like, how creepy was that scene where after she has her baby and she's sitting in that room, and then the doctor comes to meet her, and he's like, "Okay, well, you you had your baby," and then she's like, "Well, is he all right?" And you're kind of worried, and then he's like, "No, your baby's fine." However, we discovered something, and then the way that he reveals that and all that that was all really good like that was really well done in fact it could have been even like a great movie about like gender issues and stuff it doesn't Which it was really... i thought that's where it was going to keep going now, i kind of forgot about it, the time yeah, travel for a while right right yeah and so I, I kind of liked all of that and then when it the last 30 minutes where it really became just about time travel 
that's kind of where I, I felt like, oh gosh, it it maybe it was that it, the problem was that it it was so good for the first you know fair, yeah <laughs> you know whatever uh, two thirds that the ending kind of devolved into sort of a standard you know it wasn't it didn't live up to the rest of it I guess I would say if you didn't think it lived up to it that's fine I wouldn't say it's standard in any way because I haven't seen this before <laughs> it's not like no it, and it's, it's not like it has a big shootout at the end and people die and stuff like it doesn't right. really it has, there's only one character there's not any people to die in this movie. <laughs> well there's two right. you just there's, yeah, never there's really... Noah Taylor and, Noah Taylor and there's, <laughs> yeah. and there's two actors playing like four people like, <laughs> that are all the same person yeah it became Bioshock Infinite <laughs> <laughs> Um, one of the things I, I, I liked about uh, that doctor scene was just the whole entire doctor smoking in front of the patient thing from the fifties. <laughs> that was I totally love... yeah. I was like, this is Doctor Doctor Spichemin and also everything from Mad Men and everything that you've seen from people who lived in that time of like back in the day. Doctor used to smoke in the in the clients uh, with their clients, and then also like smoking in airplanes. Like this is crazy. Right. Right. All right. So I think we've spent plenty of time talking about uh, predestination at this point. Um, you guys certainly would recommend it, just not like wholeheartedly. I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah, right. I would. Yeah, I, I think that it, it really is one of the things where you should watch it with some other folks and have a pretty good discussion about it, just as we did. I certainly think it's worthwhile, um, and I just it, it it's just such a I found it such a creative and well made movie, and I would certainly recommend but it. I mean, like Aaron, how would you compare this to something like Looper? Like, how would you rate this? Loop. Next? I mean. Star wise, there's a there's a half a star that I give Looper more than this movie, but I mean it's Looper isn't as much about the time travel as this movie is, which is part of why I like it. Like it it has that's more of like a backdrop for why things are happening the way they are, and I appreciate the movie for kind of different reasons to an extent. Mm-hmm. And that is a movie where you can change time. Like it's, it even handles the nature of time travel differently. But I still, I mean, I like a good time travel story regardless. But at, also, like I think Ryan Johnson's a better filmmaker. I think Bruce Willis gives a and Levitt and Blunt, I think they're the actors are all better in that movie and the kid too. I'm sorry, right? Yeah, that that kid's spooking me. <laughs> the Rainmaker, out. yeah. The Rainmaker. I, I just think I mean, there's things about that that come with you know being a movie that has had more time to develop and yeah, that's has what I attribute bigger budget. And I and again, Ryan Johnson as a filmmaker, is someone I appreciate more. I mean, there's just things that like that that put it over the top for me. Anything else on predestination? <laughs> we move on. Oh yeah, I think we're good. All right, let's move on. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, next week's show, uh, we're going to talk about Focus, the new Will Smith joint. It's going to be a big Willie weekend next weekend. <laughs> na, 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 na. Exactly. And um, <laughs> let's see, what else? Um, I didn't think of a movie for Netflix this week that's streaming. Uh, all just, the Academy Award ones. Ida just did win a Best, oh, pick, yeah. a best Foreign Film nomination. So there you yeah. go. You'll see that. I've mentioned Best Foreign times. Film, Ida, 80 Minutes. But... Um, Let's see what else. And uh, Aaron, you need to watch uh, Citizen Four now that one best documentary. Yeah, when I when I get a chance to, and when it's available, I can do that. Let's see, Mark. What would you say people should see in theaters right now? Uh, you know, actually, I'll say McFarlane. Uh, so a lot of the Academy Award nominated movies have been sort of re-released. I, if you can, I'd really go and uh, catch Birdman if you could, because the uh, movie is pretty good. If you can, also Whiplash. <laughs> Uh, Whiplash would be the one I'd say. I'm just happy to see it win three Oscars tonight. That was pretty cool. Of the best of the like Academy Award movies, I would recommend Boyhood. I like to yeah, so right. Patricia, Patricia yeah. Arquette see her Oscar winning performance. Aaron and I both have that as our number one from 2014. So that's going to do it for this week's episode about Now with Aaron and Abe. 
You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodeazeek.com. You can find all my written movie reviews as well as at ysalu.com for all my Blu-ray reviews. You can also find me on twitter.com slash aaronsps4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blackfoot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag uh, Cora Season 3. Mark? You can find more of my work on my personal blog, fastfilmreviews.com, and you can also follow me on Twitter, Mark underscore Hoban. You can find all the other episodes of Out Now, Out There, and Today on iTunes, SoundCloud, Podomatic, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast. Um, you can email us at nowpodcast at gmail.com. I'm aware that many people have emailed in on our Oscar they contest. They have, yes. Which We're is really great. happy to see that. Yeah, yeah. so uh, next week we'll determine a winner for that. Um, there's HHWLOD. That's the podcast network that hosts our show and other fun shows. There's our Facebook page and our Twitter page. Just Google. Yeah. Use the Google machine. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it. Mark Hoban, thank you for joining us for this Oscar wrap-up slash predestination review. Yeah, thanks for having me. For sure. And let's see. Until next time, that's going to do it. Um, everything still remains awesome, so that's always good. That is good. But that's going to do it. So until next time, so long and goodbye. Dip my body in chocolate frosting Three years later I shot the frosting Smelling like a blossom, everything is awesome Stepped in mud, got new brown shoes Awesome to win and it's awesome to lose Awesome to lose Awesome to lose Everything is better when we stick together Side by side, you and I gonna win forever Let's party forever We're the same, I'm like you, you're like me We're all working in harmony Everything is awesome Everything is cool when you're part of the team Everything is awesome When we're living our dream And this is where I play some of the trailer for Predestination. What if I could get you the man who did this to you, put him right in front of you? Would you kill him? Mustache. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly how the trailer goes.